stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. So you stop crying because to cry means to not get what you need. So a child's always going to choose attachment over authenticity. Hey friends, thanks for hanging out. Childhood trauma, how does it relate to addiction? How does it cause addiction? How does it create addiction and addictive behavior and a myriad of other problems, right? I mean, I think most of us would agree that childhood trauma leads to addictive behavior, but how does that happen? Why does it happen? So that's what I'm gonna talk about today based on my experience and also the stuff that I've learned. I'm working towards my LA. DC license, which in Nevada means licensed alcohol drug counselor. And I've been sober for 16 years and my husband's getting ready to celebrate 20 years. So we are pretty excited about that. Uh, I've lost a couple friends to alcohol and drug addiction, as well as my only brother. We all came from Alaska <laughs> and you've probably heard about addiction and alcohol problems in Alaska. Yes, they're all true and it's dark up there and people drink a lot and it's beautiful too, but you know, that causes people to think, well, is it nature or nurture? And of course the answer is, yeah, it's both. It can be a lot of different things. There's a lot of different theories about what causes addiction. There's a lot of different theories about what it is. And there's a lot of different ways to treat people with addiction. Sorry, I hope I didn't like slobber on the camera there. Um, but anyway, if, if, by the way, if you enjoy this channel podcast, please hit the subscribe button and I'd love to have you here. That way you'll be notified every time I post a new video or a new episode. Okay. So childhood trauma, bonding, addiction. How does this all work together? So when we're born, we have to bond with our caregiver, right? And you've all maybe heard about attachment and attachment disorders. So if we have a healthy bond, for the most part, with our caregiver, we come to see the world as basically a safe place where we can be who God created us to be, where we can explore our own authenticity without fear of punishment, basically, is, it, you know, in a nutshell. So that would be a secure attachment. So when attachment is secure, when there's love, when we're being nurtured, endorphins are released. So, you know, the feel-good endorphins. Well, guess what? Guess what addiction releases too? The feel-good endorphins. Those feel-good endorphins. So attachment, bonding, that's something that we need. We can't live without. That's God-created and God-given. Addiction is like a, a fake form of bonding. If we didn't get what we need, we later in life will turn to addictions, those addictions release the same endorphins. So for me, when I started drinking, I felt connected to people. I felt warm. I felt good. I felt confident. I felt like everything was going to be okay. That's how we're supposed to bond with people, not alcohol, not 
heroin, not food. Um, and also there's, there's substance addiction and then there's process addiction, which is like gambling and food and <clears throat> sex and all those sorts of things. Well, those release all those endorphins and all that stuff too. Now, I'm not a neurobiologist or neuroscientist or anything like that, but basically you, we all understand that this is kind of how this works with endorphins and stuff. And it's really important to just understand that the healthy bonding is what we needed when we were, you know, what we needed from our caregiver. And if we didn't get that, then a myriad of problems can be, uh, you know, can manifest later in life. We can have anxiety disorder. And if there was severe abuse, we can have PTSD. We can experience, you know, I had panic attacks and things like that can, can cause just a lot of problems later in life. And of course, there's different types of attachment disorders. Um, there's healthy, anxious, avoidant, and disorganized. Avoidant is if we were just ignored. We didn't really experience any kind of connection. I had a friend like that. Her whole family was like that. I mean, you went into her house and it was just this emptiness and her brother was always in his room. He never came out. We saw him like once in a while and he was, this was back in the eighties. So he was like on the computer or something. We didn't, we never knew what he was doing because it was, you know, we didn't have cell phones or computers, but he was like hooked up, you know, even back then. And she just was ignored. I mean, it was very, very sad. She ended up dying up on the streets of, of Anchorage, you know, from, from her addiction. And so that was an example of really just being ignored, having more of a, an avoidant attachment disorder. And she got addicted to drugs very, very early on. And again, what those drugs do is they stimulate those endorphins and make us feel good but then they turn on us. And then pretty soon we're having to use more and more of the substance, right? Tolerance. Um, but it's not making us feel good, but now we're having to use it. So we're not anxious. So we're not afraid. So we're not all these sorts of things. So it becomes what's called where, you know, now we're doing the alcohol and the drugs to, instead of to feel good, to avoid feeling bad. And this is how addiction can turn on us. Okay. So that's why recovery meetings are so important because the way back to health is to reattach and it's through attaching to human beings. So it's through connection, basically. Attachment is basically connection. So that's why they say, oh, you know, lack of connection is often the root of addiction. And that is very, very, very true. So we feel like we're connected when we're on the drugs and alcohol, but we're not. It's just doing more and more damage to us. So we put away the substance. And then what do we do? We have to start connecting and repairing our brain and repairing these things that were lost early on. So that's where the hard work comes into play. Because if we're not properly attached, we have a lot of fear. We have a lot of anxiety. We can have panic attacks and all that stuff. And, and drinking may soothe it, but it just takes us deeper and deeper and deeper 
and further into isolation because we're not really connecting. So the first step is to get into recovery, to ask for help, to also, that's why a really good um, therapist or sponsor or someone like that is so helpful because what happens when we start to um, rewire our brain and reestablish those connections, the reason you know, the Bible talks about confessing our sins to one another so that we may be healed or, you know, talking, to, you know, to, to people is because when you are connecting and sharing your authenticity, your story with another person and they're looking at you, you're connecting and they're validating you and they're not judging you, what's happening is that's establishing a connection based on who you are, who God created you to be based on authenticity. And that's huge. And that's the second piece of recovery. It's attachment and authenticity. So what happens when we don't get our attachment uh, attachment needs met, when we're not bonded correctly to our caregiver, is our authenticity, who God created us to be, is stuffed. It's squelched. So the easiest example is stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about. So you stop crying because to cry means to not get what you need. So a child's always going to choose attachment over authenticity. Does that make sense? This is why validating feelings is so important. So when those needs aren't met, we learn coping strategies. So we're not in touch with who we really are, right? Because we're we're little kids. We're not in touch with who we are now. Now we're uh, in this sort of process mode. This this it's more like it's like a codependent mode where we're trying to figure out who to be and how to be so that we can get those attachment needs met, right? Be strong or be a good little girl or, you know, stop crying or don't be angry because mommy doesn't like it when you're angry. Or what can often happen is mommy feels sad when you're sad. <laughs> you know, that that's called uh, like they call it um, like emotional uh, manipulation or reverse parenting where you're, you're kind of made to feel like you're the parent because you don't want to express feelings because if you do, it'll upset mommy. If you act this way, it'll upset mommy. Uh, oftentimes feelings are invalidated, right? Oh, we weren't fighting. We were just having a discussion and the whole house is trashed. And so in your mind, you know, you're a little kid and you think, I, I think, hmm, I think they were fighting, but I'm five. So they said it's discussion. So that must be what it is. So this kind of stuff goes on. And then as we get older, we're super confused. We don't understand the world. So we're trying all these ways to figure out the world, to figure out what's going on, to figure out how to get our needs met and who we are. That's gone. Like we, we don't really know anymore. All we know is when we tried to express who we were, it didn't feel safe. It didn't feel right. And so the way out of addiction is to find ourselves again, to come back to ourself again, to find out who we are. That's the good news about all of this is 
Maybe you didn't bond well with your caregiver. Maybe there was a lot of problems. Maybe there was abuse. Maybe you have an avoidant or a disorganized attachment style. That can all be relearned. It doesn't mean the world's going to be perfect. There may be always be pain. There may always be some stuff that comes up. But for the most part, we can we can heal from this. But what that means is stepping into some scary stuff, right? It means exploring who we are. It means standing up for ourselves. It means telling people what we want and telling people what we need. It means stepping into relationships and risk getting hurt. It means making a lot of mistakes. It means getting involved with people and sometimes experiencing betrayal and all these sorts of things. It's trial and error and, and, and it doesn't always go perfectly, but we start to heal when we put the substance away, right? And then we we get help for what we need. And a lot of times with addiction, there's what's called comor comorbidity or or, or um, uh, co-occurring you know disorders. And in fact, most of the time that's the case. And what that means is that if you're using an addiction, again going back to the childhood trauma, the attachment disorder, you may have an anxiety disorder, you may have PTSD, there may be bipolar issues, there may be um, you know narcissism can happen, extreme codependency, um, which isn't really considered co-occurring because it's a it's a learned behavior, but but it's very very detrimental. Uh, codependency is if you experience anything that I said, you're codependent. <laughs> codependency isn't oh I just enabled the alcoholic. Codependency is a loss of self. It's exactly what I just described. It's not having a healthy attachment, and it is relying on addictions and processes and things like that to secure your identity. It's things outside of yourself. Because think of it, if you're not connected and you didn't have the bonding and your authenticity was rejected, then you're living in this space outside of yourself, right? You're relying on the cues of other people to determine who you are. And so again, that causes a lot of other problems that we cover up with the addiction. Okay. But when we go all the way back to the beginning, it's usually rooted in this, this shame-based, your God-given nature is bad or wrong. You need to be someone else to get your attachment needs met. So you didn't attach, you need those endorphins and you don't know who you are. So those two things, if you can come back to yourself and begin connecting with other people, that's where healing begins. So I hope that makes sense. I've produced a lot of other videos and things on addiction and codependency and how they're related. In fact, if you're wondering, can you be an alcoholic and codependent, which I've just said yes, but, but I go into it a little more. Check out the video that's going to play right after this one. Check out the podcast on that as well called Can You Be an Alcoholic and Codependent? So thanks for watching, friends. And I have a free sobriety resource I'd love to send you and also just love to connect with you if you'd like. So email me. My email is genuinelife at jodystevens.org. Thanks for hanging out, friends. I'll talk to you next time.